The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Oh, they, they shouldn't have done that is more what it should be. Hello. Oh. Goodbye. Yeah. This was the B-side that can't buy me love. This is one maybe Johnny Lennon would win back. There's a, there's a much better song with these themes by John Lennon. It's called Jealous Guy, but that's not until 1971. Uh, this song's too angry for my taste. Would it work better if he sang it like, you can't do that, or you can't do that, you know? Like, there are plenty of ways to phrase it where it's not uh, menacing. Jealous Guy, I agree, is a much better song and has better covers by John, Donny Hathaway and famously Roxy Music, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be fair, and to be fair, I don't think that writing about jealousy is a bad thing. It's writing about no. the seven, one of the seven deadly sins. I think that's totally fair game. It makes for interesting <laughs> fodder for music and Absolutely. art and culture. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. the treating a partner as a possession and controlling them is the part that I have a very big problem with. Uh, it's like the first in the line of the Lennon threat canon. It's, you know, not good. Mm-mm. John gets celebrated as a prophet of peace, but he's really kind of a shitty dude, especially in most of his adult life. Uh, But hey, let's just talk about it musically. Hey, there's a cowbell. There's a cowbell. (laughs) Or is it an anvil? Uh, We'll have to wait for the Mail Evans book to come out, I guess. (laughs) But the electric... I have some some bad news for you, uh, Andrew. Uh, Mr. Mal Evans is no longer with us. He... Yes, he was speaking of speaking of peace. He was shot and killed by a LAPD. Yes, in the nineteen seventies. Uh, but, so. but he does have a. He had a diary that's apparently coming out as a book. Or I oh or okay I that's apparently or it's rumored to be coming out as a book. Uh, okay, I, mean, I think that's been rumored for a while, uh, yeah. but. Uh, I didn't know if you knew. Oh, no, I'm I'm, because honestly, so this is me being ignorant. I didn't know who Mal Evans was until I watched the the Get Back movie. Okay. And I was like, who is this guy? And then I did all like did like a deep dive on this guy because he seemed so interesting. And obviously everyone was so comfortable with him. And the best scene, one of the best scenes of that movie was him like, hey, Mal, go get an anvil. And then he smacked it. That's right. For Maxwell Silverhammer. And then it cuts to he tears an anvil. He's like the biggest shit eating grin you've ever seen in his life. And I'd be like, you know what? I would be too, even on Maxwell Silverhammer. (laughs) The most annoying song in the catalog. Oh, yeah. Well, we will get to that eventually. Eventually, yes. But anyway. Yeah, no, Mal was the, uh, it, it's, roadie is not the right word, but He's like, he would technically be a roadie, and he was a confidant. and a trusted advisor. You know, I don't know. One of the fifth Beatles, yeah. you could say. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, there's a, yeah, the electric 12 string is also a thing we should, guess we should talk about. Yeah. Um, before we get to that, oh, I should point yes. out that John Lennon 
was trying to do Wilson Pickett. I can't believe he brought Wilson Pickett into this. <laughs> uh, Smirching the know, name of Pickett. Uh, you know, a cowbell going four in the bar and the cord going, that's John Lennon from All We Are Saying book. Um, in turn, it is possible that you can't do that was an influence on Bob Dylan. It bears musical and lyrical similarities to most likely you go your way and I'll go mine from Blonde on Blonde. And you know what? It's a better song, even with the harmonica. Uh, <laughs> Dylan's allowed. Dylan's allowed, yes. Yeah, You Can't Do That was completed in nine takes, only four of which were complete. It featured George Harrison's first prominent use of his new Rickenbacker 12-string guitar. Mm-hmm. While I was in New York for the Ed Sullivan Show, he was presented with a Rickenbacker 360 Deluxe Electric 12-string guitar worth in 1964, $900. Guess how much that is today. <sighs> a lot of money. In 2022. Andrew, what's the most you ever spent on an instrument? The most I ever spent on an instrument was uh, my, this Fender Jazzmaster that I bought for $550. That is a beautiful guitar. Thank you very much. But it is uh, not that money. I've wanted to buy a Rickenbacker for myself, like a a black Rickenbacker, kind of like Peter Buck of R.E.M. Not a 12-string, but a 6-string. And they're not cheap. They're still like two grand. It's crazy. Mm. Hence why I don't own it. And nobody's presented you with one. (laughs) No, no one has presented me with a guitar because uh, this podcast has not uh, reached a worldwide audience like the Beatles has yet. Uh, okay, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We're, 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 ga- we're going for it, though. We're going, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't, I don't know if I want that either. I actually like to walk down the street without, <laughs> without. No, I don't want fame. No, I don't want fame Fortune, either. sure. Fame, not so bad. Hey, you know what? It's a podcast. People don't know what we look like. That's true. Yes. Yeah, they just know our beautiful voices. Yes. It was the only second. It was only the second of its kind to be produced. The Rickenbacker 360 Deluxe Electric, um, and it was recorded for the first time on this song. It gave the song its distinctive chiming sound. They beat everyone to it. Beatles did That's it. That's right. And of course, this is the song where John decides he's going to play lead guitar <laughs> and plays the guitar solo because <laughs> he was tired of playing rid of guitar. George, though, wrote the intro and outro riff, and uh, he was interviewed by Tom Petty and Rolling Stone. Petty asked him how he came up with it. Harrison said, I was just standing there in the studio and thought, I got to do something. (laughs) Uh, Feminist website, Actitud Femme, ranked it as the second most misogynistic Beatles song. An article on The Quint also listed You Can't Do That Among Misogynistic Beatles Songs Needing a Modern Rewrite. We should rewrite the, we should do the modern rewrites of these songs. Um, and Kenneth Womack's The Cambridge Companion to the Beatles also noted its misogynistic streak. I'm guessing the number one most misogynistic Beatles song is Run For Your Life. That's You know, that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, I'm trying to think of others. We'll see. Yeah. When we get there. Uh, there's, there's a great cover of this song by Harry Nilsson. It's more like a cover of 18 Beatles songs. 
uh, but Grantland credited it as the first mashup song. That's probably true. I think so. And, you know, the cover is really incredible. You're kind of mesmerized, like, picking out all the songs that he's referencing that you kind of forget the lyrics that he's singing. So, yeah. to that... He almost makes... He almost makes this song good. Yeah. I mean, man, John Lennon also did not do wonders for Harry Nielsen's career, but that's, uh, that's for another pod. That's for the, uh, Pussycats, uh, podcast. Yeah, I guess so. Love counts two. (laughs) Josie scale. This is a big old Josie. Oh yeah. Josie for me as well. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band Someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah Someday we'll judge if they're fine